Hey there, angry faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me. Because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure, that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not-so-pretty face. Anyways, digressing. We, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast. We have a TikTok page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived, curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen. Open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Avery Faithful. Today on Nerd Sports, we're going to talk about the interesting and intricate ballet, intricate, intricate yes, of water hockey. Yes, that's actually a thing. It's underwater hockey. And I, I had to show Johnny it. He's because I, I throughout the week I, I try to bring up some stupid weird sports that we uh, that we can talk about just for the first part so everybody gets someone interested. Is like what the hell is he talking about? Anyways, I brought this up and Johnny's reaction is like, "This is actually." I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm like, ah. Uh. And and the first thing I noticed was everything was in French, so I'm like. It might just we know be the French France, aren't doing not... this. No, you it's... you'd be surprised. Europe, Europe has be... a lot of water sports. I get that, but this has got to. The Europeans don't play hockey, right? Yeah. So that's got to be a French Canadian thing. Might be. I, 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 didn't, I didn't go fully in, into the research on it, but I just, I just, I just. I, I literally like, there's times it's like I just type in weird sports and it just comes up with there's so, another one there's another one I mean talk the, about the, that these people week. are like these people are like Quebec you know whatever and Quebec Oye, right you know no it's Luque. Quebec it's Quebec you have to do it with the film it's not that you know but like because you watch Letter Kenny and all they do is talk shit about the French Canadians right yeah. and I'm like okay this this video here that's why like seriously are you uh okay anyhow um <laughs> so i i'm going to uh i'm going to start i'm going to work backwards a little bit I, i'm not going to start with baseball uh, i'm going to do baseball last today because there's a lot to get to i'm going to start with nascar um, Black Rifle I'm, won. Uh, yeah. Okay. So in that race, all right. Um, the number three car fielded by Richard Childress Racing was driven by Jeffrey Earnhardt, the grandson of Dale Earnhardt. Oh wow! And they pulled uh, a 
a retired crew chief, Larry McReynolds, retired crew chief turned TV commentator, out of, out of retirement, out of the booth, and put him back on a pit box, right? Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Earnhardt has had a less than stellar, stellar career because of the equipment that he's been driving, right? He's got these small time teams and, you know, it just, he's got that Earnhardt gene, right? He needs to drive. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets the chance to get put in some good equipment. Enter Richard Childress, who was the team owner for Dale Earnhardt Sr. when he was still alive. <clears throat> Going to Talladega, which is traditionally, traditionally Earnhardt country. Um, like Dale, Dale Jr.'s won there six times, right? Uh, at one point, he won three races in a row there. This is a restrictor restrictor plate race, so it's very aero 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 dependent uh, by restrictor plates. So what they do is, where the air comes into the engine, they put a plate there, and it restricts the airflow and it drops the horsepower. Right, dropping horsepower, you reduce the speeds because if you let these guys run wide open with an unrestricted engine, you're going to see speeds of two twenty, two thirty, easy. Oh wow. And uh, was it like a wind total effect in there or something like that? No, uh, you get a car, 43, you get a pack of 43, 43 cars running together. The first couple of cars punch a hole in the air and everybody else just sucks up behind them. And when I say you could run wide open, the only people that are running wide open are the people that are out front. Everybody else is either three quarters to half throttle. And they're still going close to 200 miles an hour just because the air is pulling them. All right. The cars buff it around. It just, you get beat to shit driving that fast, right? Mm-hmm. If you could stick your hand out though, I mean, these guys are driving literally inches off of each other's doors. Oh, wow. And the cars become so sensitive that you could, if you could stick your hand out the window at 200 miles an hour and touch the car next to you, you'd spin them out. You could move the car next to you. Whoa. I mean, you could turn somebody just by pulling the air off the back of their car. Mm. And then these guys are beating bumpers, man. I'm like the guys, they'll get up behind each other. Why is it, why is it like that with that, with just that one? Well, Talladega and Daytona are the same way. And after they reconfigured uh, Atlanta, it's basically a mile and a half super speedway. So they run basically wide open all the way around that track too um see if i can do justice here by by uh trying to describe how drafting works so you know when you're driving in your passenger car and you're driving down the road and you know you flick a cigarette butt or something out the car and you see the cigarette butt whip around the back of the car right Mm -hmm. or sometimes if you you know, flick it just the right way. It goes up on the roof and just never touches your car. It just zip back down behind your back windshield, right? And hits mm-hmm. the road. Because as you're traveling through the air, right? Driving through, you know, driving along and you're punching a hole through the air. That air goes underneath your car and it goes over your car, right? Well, they've got those big spoilers on those cars for those tracks because it creates downforce, which keeps yeah. those cars glued to the track. Now, when you get a car comes up behind you, you know, it's like when you're driving down the highway and you get up behind a big rig 
and you feel the air change over your car. Yeah. And you don't have to press the throttle as hard to yeah. go the same speed. And then when you pull out, all of a sudden you get this surge of speed because your car is now out in the wind. It's got downforce applied to the front end and you can actually pass people like those big trucks. You can pass the big trucks when you get out from behind them. Yeah. That's basically in essence, a poor man's version of drafting. Okay. Okay. So when these guys are going 190, 195, 200 miles an hour, they rely on packs to stay at speed. And if you lose the draft, you're going to go down a lap or two. Hmm. And it is a, a dude. I, I, I had the chance a few years ago to go to, uh, to go to Talladega for, for race weekend. Right. And that dude, that is a sight to behold. Um, So, you know, I'm sitting there going, okay. Now, when you see a wreck at Talladega or Daytona, if you're lucky, you might see one or two cars involved. Somebody spins out or somebody gets put in the wall or something like that, or somebody loses the draft or, you know, something like that, right? But when you have multiple cars, and I'm talking six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes up to 12 cars involved in the same accident, a lot of times the drivers that are coming into the accident, the majority of the cars that get involved with what they call the big one have nowhere to go. It's not like you could slam the brakes on because the faster you go, brakes really be kind, kind of become irrelevant. All right. Um, I've talked to a lot of indie car drivers, a lot of race car drivers, period. They say the faster you go, the higher, the higher speed you go. It's all about throttle control at that point. Um, you lift out of the, out of the, out of the throttle and you kill your car's momentum, right? And you aren't as likely to spin out because the way that brakes work is it's all based off of hydraulics, right? Mm -hmm. So if you press the brake and you've got your brake bias set up wrong, whether it's left wheel or right wheel or rear wheel or front wheel, right? You could actually spin yourself out because of the different braking pressures that your caliper or your your um, brake brake calipers put on the on your rotors. Yeah, that's the reason why a lot of uh, funny cars use uh, parachutes. Yeah, well, they use parachutes and they also shut the engine down. And once they get down to a certain speed, then they can start applying the brakes, and the brakes are used on the rear wheel. Yeah, right. So. And even then, there's times that when you brake, it, the whole front end just pops up. Yeah. Now, they do use brakes at those super speedways, and it's called dragging your brakes. So it's like you've got your foot in the floor, right, on the accelerator. You can actually ride your brake, and what that does is it causes your car to come back a little bit. And you see guys that get out just a little bit too far in front of their drafting partner, and they'll drag their brake to pull that guy back in, 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 uh, up to their rear bumper. So they can start pushing pushing each other around the track, mm. dude. It's 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 poetry in motion, but yeah. Even though that Noah uh, Noah Gregson uh, won the race for Junior Motorsports with the uh, Bass Pro Shop uh, Black Rifle car, I really, really, really wanted to see Jeffrey Earnhardt win, and he damn near pulled it off. Not only did he earn his first career pole driving the number three for 
Richard Childress, but he also got his career best finish. He finished second. And we're talking hundreds of the second. If they'd have had one more, if, if he'd have had one more lap, he would have caught and passed Noah Gregson. And, and he probably could have won that race. And it just goes to show that you take a driver that's got any kind of amount of talent and you put them in good, good equipment, they're going to perform. Yeah. And I honestly believe and I hope and I pray that Jeffrey, Jeffrey Earnhardt gets a deal driving in the Xfinity series for Richard Childress. I, I just, I really do. Now, moving on to <clears throat> the NASCAR Cup guys. <laughs> uh, okay. So I don't really care about the guy who won the race. I, I just, I don't care. I just, I don't care for him. I just don't. Um, What's the difference between the uh, Talladega? The Xfinity? Oh, oh Talladega and Daytona? Uh, well, Talladega is no. the Oh, you and, mean and the Xfinity the versus the Cup? Yeah. Cup is the big leagues. Okay. Okay. Bigger engines, bigger cars. Uh, that's, where all the, that's where all the advertising dollars are. I mean, everybody's got sponsors on their car. Uh, sponsorships make up probably about two thirds of the operating costs for the team on an any given any any given weekend. Um, it probably runs of close to about two hundred fifty thousand dollars to field a car every weekend. Um, racing is not a cheap hobby. It no, a, it's not. It is an avocation that, if you're good enough, will become your vocation. So, um. Nobody, you know, people say that you don't get involved in the racing for the money. But when you get up to that level, it's, that's what it's about. It's about the money. Um, it was a good race on the cup side for the Sunday race, but with, um, the, the interesting story that came out of Talladega, um, on the cup side happened after the race. Um, Kyle Larson, he, he was leading, uh, or he, well, he wasn't leading, uh, William Byron, William Byron drives the number 24 car for Hendrick Motorsports. He was leading and Kyle Larson was, was pushing him, right? Cause they're on the same team. They drive for the same guy. And, uh, Kyle Larson goes to step out of line to make a block to try to, you know, get in front of this, the fast moving line. And it just basically spread everybody out going through the last turn, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he caused a wreck, <laughs> you know, like a three or four car wreck. And uh, Denny Hamlin tweeted out on uh, after the race. Uh, it was a like a little like a little video clip of this Asian woman talking about. Do I turn now? You know, and then he shows footage of Kyle Larson wrecking half the field. And he goes on to say, like, he goes, look, before you guys start getting all bent out of shape, Kyle and I are are friends. And he laughed, you know. NASCAR didn't think so. NASCAR was like, all right, Denny Hamlin, you have to, you have to start sensitivity training before the end of the year. Now, why this is important is because during the COVID season, back in 2020, Mm -hmm. 
NASCAR was doing those e-racing, uh, e, you know, basically they're racing on video game, right? And they were broadcasting it. Kyle Larson uttered the N-word, right? Mm-hmm. He gets suspended indefinitely by NASCAR and told, you have to undergo sensitivity training before you can even think about applying for reinstatement, right? But yet Denny Hamlin goes and makes a racial, he makes a racist inference towards Asian drivers and couples it up with footage of Kyle Larson wrecking the field, well, part of the field at the end of the race. And all he gets is a slap on the wrist and told, you have to undergo sensitivity training before the end of the season. No suspension, no fines. And it's like NASCAR went way on this way with Kyle Larson. They're going way back the other way with Denny Hamlin. And it's like they're trying to figure out what the two ends of the spectrum are. So that way the next driver that fucks up gets right in the middle. And I'm like, that is such crap. And I mean, I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan at all. And I, I think that he should at the very least, should have at the very least, gotten suspended for a race. Okay. But, or at the very least, docked championship points. Now, is he like, does he put people in the stands? Because <clears throat> he's got a very, dude, he's been racing for a while and he's got a very, he's got a pretty good fan base. Reason why I say that it's the same reason why I, it, this guy said like uh, he didn't like uh, Tom Brady. Not not this is just a situation. Don't want right, to have right, to have right, this right, talk. Right, right. But he he put Tom Brady like everybody's like oh this is Tom Brady or oh this is Michael Jordan type deal. They're they're goats. They're this. But the whole reason why they get they actually do get away with a lot of stuff that a lot of people that was weird. Your whole light light situation just blinked out black and then came back on. But anyways, hold on, hold on. Let me let me see if I can recreate that here. Hold on. Oh, maybe. Oh, like that? No, it just went black, black. I don't know. But, I blame but anyways, understand. but because of those people putting people in the seats, mm-hmm. they get a lot away with a lot of things. They want to see Tom Blaine. They want to see like my. Um, yeah, but Michael here's the Gordon thing. Or Magic Johnson. NASCAR went out of their way to ban things like the Confederate flag at races, which has been a staple at ra- on race weekend since NASCAR was invented. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now, now that it's been like a couple of years removed since they've done that, do I still, do I support the decision? Yeah, I don't really care. Me, myself, I've never flown a Confederate flag at a race. I always fly the American flag. I served under it, you know. Um, but with the, <clears throat> uh, no, there, there we go. I got to turn that off. There we go. That sounds better. I had to turn my reverb all the way down. Hmm. Anyway, um, so 
I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like where's the standard? Okay. My gripe with NASCAR is their inconsistency with enforcing the rules. Some drivers get a heavier penalty while others get a lighter penalty. And it's like, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, it, it, you're, if you're going to punish one person one way, punish everybody the same way. Well, you also got to think. NASCAR it doesn't is- matter. It does not matter. It doesn't matter who brings the amount of who, who brings the largest amount of butts and puts them in the seat. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because for years when Dale Earnhardt Jr. was racing. And your face froze. Oh, there you go. All right. You were like, anyways, <laughs> look, it looked like you were like you were puckering up for a glory hole. But um Okay. <laughs> but for years, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was the most popular driver on the circuit. I can see things moving in your background, so I know you're not frozen. So just knock it off. That's just disturbing on so many different levels. Um, Sorry, he would get he he would get docked points. He he, he gave a, a victory lane uh, uh, interview uh, at Talladega. It was like his second or third in a row. He's like. He goes, uh, I forget what the question was. And he goes, he goes, man, that don't mean shit. Daddy's won here so many, you know, more times than me. He said it on live TV. Uh-huh. They docked him 25 driver. It talked, docked him 25 points or playoff points, not playoff points, but, but points. Right. And it ultimately kind of led towards him losing on the, losing the championship that year in 2004. But, um, you know, it, it, I mean, were people pissed off about it? But like, yeah, I mean, hit him with an FAA, you know, or, or an FCC, you know, fine. Don't dock the guy points, you know, it's like, whatever. But, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, Telling a guy to go to sensitivity training is like telling somebody to take defensive driving for a speeding ticket. I mean, yeah, you're going to be inconvenienced all this time and everything like that. But, you know, if you're going to sit there and drop the hammer on somebody because they uttered something which, you know, on on a hot mic or, you know, something that was supposed to be a private room that got broadcast. And he immediately apologized afterward. He's like, you know, I, I shouldn't use that word. And, you know, that's just a word we grew up using. Talking oh, it's with like my that, friends. Uh, those uh, generals I, that invited that Rolling Stones uh, reporter and ended up getting fired and everything. And what the Obama. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It, just be consistent with your penalties. Yeah. It just, but um, anyways, we're going to move on from NASCAR. Um, the NBA playoffs are going. Um, yeah, I was reading something about, uh, what was it? Well, right now, uh, Golden State leads their series three games to one. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, they just, 
they just won their game and won their series over Chicago, winning four games to one. Yeah, uh, Bucks bounce Bulls and rolls into the East semifinals. Yeah. Um, <coughs> the series that I'm paying attention to is the Dallas and Utah series. Dallas leads that series three games to two, and they play game six tonight at 9 o'clock Central. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to... I'm going to pull for the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, yeah, um, it would be nice to to see them advance past the first round. It's, it would be nice to see them do well again. Um, I'm not necessarily a Mark Cuban fan. He's, uh, I don't know, he is the... Uh, the great value version of Elon Musk. No, that's giving, that's not, that's, that's doing a disservice to Elon. He's just, a, he's a flamboyant, loudmouth millionaire. He, he's on Shark Tank. I mean, the guy made his millions selling out before the tech bubble burst. And he got bored, bought a basketball team. You know, granted, he changed the culture in the, in, in Dallas as far as basketball is concerned. He, he helped, he helped craft the team that brought home their first into this to this to this point only nba championship um with uh dirk nowitzki mm. jerry the te- or jerry uh terry the jet or was it no jason terry jason the jet terry there we go um J- uh jason kidd yeah and just uh i can't i can't even think of it. the other guys right now off the top of my head um it just shows you how passive of a fan I am in basketball. But yeah, I was talking to uh, my HR guy today when I was going to the office, and he's more of a cowboy fan. He's like, well, I listen to podcasts, but I just mostly listen to like uh, stuff about cowboys. I love cowboys. I was like, okay, I can gather that. Some people, it's not uh, everybody's cup of tea and everything like that, but. It was a lot of people that I was like basketball. A lot of people want us to talk about soccer too. I was like, why don't you talk about soccer? I was like, because that's one of the sports we don't, I mean, baseball and NASCAR is prevalent. We do a lot on NFL. When the world cup actually starts, we'll follow team USA all the way through their pool play. And we'll, we'll cover the world cup when it's here. You know when it when it's going. Yeah, hockey's another one I wouldn't want to fucking deal with either. Soccer's one of, one of the other ones. Only because Man, I have the, been enjoying watching my Bruins play this season. I really, really have. I I like watching hockey. I just don't like the. What's like? I won't do like college football because See, of the bracket system. <laughs> right. Well, you mean college basketball? College basketball is the same, almost the same way. Well, because college football didn't have brackets. I mean, well, they no, 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 no. College football. You talking about yeah. the conferences and, and the polls? Yeah, yeah, all, all that, all that. I mean, you have to be like a super mathematician to figure that out half the time, because you'll have you'll have like a winning team that doesn't go to the big game. You see, they come up with some kind of a logarithm that that grades your strength of schedule. Yeah, it, it's and I'm just, like. I don't know because you do you do have a lot of like you'll have like 
a uh like in the big 12 y'all have like i think it was like four teams that almost won almost every game yeah or they 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 won every game except for like one yeah well that's the reason why they have that kind of conference well hold on a second so another <laughs> i just saw this meme it was uh the same people that are upset that elon musk is buy, uh, buying out twitter are the same people that drive teslas and i thought about it i was like fuck you're absolutely right on that one Well, you know, and, and a lot of these people that are pissed off at Elon Musk buying Twitter are the same dickheads that promised to move to Canada if Trump won. We're still waiting on them to that, fulfill that, their That promise. was another one, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, like, uh, Sean King, he's just some liberal hack reporter, right? Um, he, uh, he, he showed a screenshot on his Twitter timeline today that said, you know, Elon Musk blocked him. And he's like, Mr. Free Speech, everybody, hashtag Elon Musk. And everybody just com- immediately piled on this guy. I was like, look, he blocked you. He's exercising free speech by choosing to not listen to you. He could have suspended your account. He is the owner. Yeah. So he lets you keep your account. That's free speech. Yeah. And see, a lot of these liberals don't get it, man. It's like you can have free speech as long as you agree with them. But the second your your point of view changes and it and it differs well, from their ideology and it doesn't you, it doesn't live the party line yeah, it's it's both sides mostly liberal yeah it is the liberals whose heads absolutely imploded when he bought the when he bought twitter yeah absolutely imploded which we got to start putting our stuff back on there i've been using uh truth the donald trump one which we have like 11 followers already Okay, but I'll get to work on the. I'll get. I'll get to work on the on the Twitter feed. But I just, I've just got to sit down. I've got to go in there. I've got to definitively clean it out, and I've got to go start following different accounts for the things that we cover. So, yeah. But um, yeah. So should be cleaned out. I haven't touched it in a while. But dude, it's fucking still like an STD. Dude. It's a very penicillin-resistant strain. <laughs> it's been in Thailand a couple of times, and it's not getting fixed. <laughs> it, it's, it's currently curled up in the fetal position, sucking its thumb and tugging its ear, rocking back and forth, muttering the word ladyboy for some reason. <laughs> uh, so, um, That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to have a, have a gem every once in a while. Yeah. Um. So moving on to baseball. Oh my god, dude! Today, holy crap. Um. I was I was looking at something that uh, oh fucking what was it? Is it was just a game that had almost a uh uh no hit game until like the sixth inning. I forget which game. Yeah, that was Shohei Otani last week for the Angels. Um, I think it was 
No, it was like today. I, it... uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Miami normally, versus normally... Washington. Because in the ninth inning, that was the one I was just looking at. Marlins and Nationals. It was like uh, at the sixth innings when they actually started doing it. Oh. Uh, the sixth, it was almost, it was a, a no hitter up until the sixth inning. Yeah. No hitter is fine. I want to see a perfect game. That's no walks, no hits, no errors. It's 27 men up and 27 men down. How many times has that actually happened? There has been 23 perfect games in all of major league history. There should be 24 because, uh, Jim Joyce fucked up a call at first base. Is uh, Andres Galaragas? Galaragas. He was a pitcher for Detroit a few years ago. Twirled a perfect game and even got the last out. And Jim Joyce fucked the call. I mean, like he shit the bed. Guy was out by like a step, like by almost a full step, and he called him safe. And back then, you didn't have instant replay, and you couldn't challenge those calls, and he couldn't reverse it. Mm. that guy caught so much hell um now there's some kind of a lawsuit being filed against major league baseball petitioning them to change the ruling on that game and i'm like no don't as much as i want to see that kid get credit for that game he's not going to be able to celebrate it the way that he should and two you're going to open up this pandora's box for people to go all the way back through the archives and start questioning calls for everything and you can actually change the outcome of games and we just we don't need to do that leave it as is leave it as is yeah um so but i mean it's like for example okay so when babe ruth used to pitch for the red sox okay way back in the day okay he hit a guy First inning, right? And got ejected by the umpire. So the relief pitcher comes in and throws the rest of the game. He pitches the rest of the game. And he threw a perfect game. I mean, he 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 pitched 27 outs, did not allow another base runner, didn't have any errors behind him, right? He only gets credit. Uh, he, he only gets credit for a uh, a win because he was the pitcher of record. He doesn't get credit for a perfect game. That's asinine. Right. And it's like Madison Bumgarner during uh, last season with the seven-inning seven, seven inning doubleheader, and he throws a no-hitter. And they, they – oh, well, it's not an official no-hitter because it was only seven innings. Well, that's not my fucking fault. He, he he pitched a complete game as 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 were you know according to the rules at the time, and did not allow did not allow a runner. No base hits were given up by him. He should have gotten credit for a no hitter. Yes, put an asterisk next to it and say seven inning double header a game, but he still gets credit for a no hitter. No, they didn't. They didn't change it, and. Honestly, I don't think they should. That, that, that call actually still pisses me off only because it. I don't know. 
it's one of those things it should it it should it it should count only because he pulled it off it's like uh changing the rules on something just because you you feel like you you shouldn't uh you you don't like that guy it's the biggest it's my ball i'm taking it home you can't play i'd still win yeah i mean but like i said we don't need to go back and change outcomes of previous games we we just can't allow ourselves to go down that road because you're going to open up a litany of of games that get questioned it could change the scores. It could change the outcomes. It could re- basically rewrite baseball history, and we do not need to go down that road. Yeah. Um, but today in St. Louis, there was a bench-clearing brawl between the Mets and the Cardinals after uh, a sixth Mets player got hit in in this series. Um, the third baseman for St. Louis, Nolan Ar- uh, Arnato. He already knew what was coming. He knew he was going to get plunked, right? Um, but Yoan Lopez threw a 94-mile-an-hour pitch that came high and inside. Um, Arnado took exception to, a, uh, exception to it because, I mean, it's like you don't throw at a guy's head. You just don't do it. If you're going to throw, hit him in the leg, hit him in the butt, hit him in the ribs, don't throw at a guy's head. Make just that don't blood do jiggle. But... Um, he, he he challenged the Mets pitcher verbally, and there the Mets pitcher Yoan Lopez. He was he was heard saying, "Come get me," and it was on, dude. The bullpen's empty, the dugout's emptied. It, um, let me see here. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see who was ejected. Um, he said, as, as, as mad as Alonzo was about being hit on Tuesday, which was yesterday. So this was yesterday. He was even more irate about Cabrera pulling him down while the two sides were shoving each other and jawing in the middle of the diamond, right? So he was just like, like let me swing, you know? So uh, Genesis Cabrera pulled me by the back of the collar and then he just ripped down and the coach kind of just jumped on me. And... um Uh, let me see here. Okay. Um, there was only two players that were ejected. It was Arna, uh, uh, Ar- Arenado and uh, let's see here. A guy named Clap with two Ps. Shut up. Um, I mean, y- y- you're not going to throw... What's going on? Uh, hold on a minute. Well, I'll do. 
Mariners left uh, Marco Gonzalez exits after being hit by comebacker. Risk con- construction. Uh, at the 11th to 6th, the minor, uh, Mariners headed into Wednesday with one of the best records in AL. Only a, a half game uh, behind Blue Jays for the best. They won Tuesday night 8-4 to four at Tampa Bay, so they were riding high and feeling pretty good. The, that feeling went south pretty quick uh, as Wednesday's starting pitcher Marco Gonzalez was struck with a line drive into the first inning. Uh, that doesn't uh, feel good even just to watch. The shot was 109 mile per hour off the bat of Harold Ramirez. It caught Gonzalez on the left forearm wrist area and giving him his left hand picture. This seemed like it could uh, linger for a bit. Initial word words from the Mariners is is a left wrist contusion. Contusion is that contusion? Ah, there we go. Stephen Hawking's contusion. Yeah, contusion. He'll undergo a further test, uh, and we'll hear more information later Wednesday night or even at some point on Thursday. Even if it is only a bruise, simple logic dictates that Gonzalez's next start is uh, in jeopardy if there's any swelling at all. Do I still need to find more stuff? Uh, yeah, give me just a minute. Okay. Uh. Let's see. What else do we have here? So if you're a Mariners fan, he's probably not going to uh, start out next next time he plays. Come on. Okay, not going to that one. Uh, not that one. There we go. Oh, here's another thing that that we should address. College athletes leaders say timing of NCAA president change uh, charge perfect, but job not an inevitable one. That's weird. Uh, one, one day after the NCAA announced President Mark Emmert will step down by 2023, several high-ranking leaders throughout college athletes, athletics on Wednesday agreed it's the right time to find new leader, but the position is as ambiguous as the future of the organization itself. It's a unicorn. Pac-12 Commissioner George Kiloff said that's a really, really difficult job, not an inevitable one. I'm not sure anyone would want it. What is it? I'm curious. I'm curious. He always gets the better of me. Is that for all sports? Well, is it for all sports, or is it just because... I was I. I'm sorry. Run that by me one more time. NCAA. 
Is it yeah. na- national college? Okay, so it's national. national yeah, it's it's for it's for college sports. So all the college, because the new president, ha- uh, well, a the president of that organization has to run for all college sports, right? So he has to dictate each and every sport. Or does he have like the following vote if there's like a a decision to be made? Uh, Commerce Commissioner Mark Amherst said he's concerned that once the NCAA structure is determined, nobody will like it because it could be a pay to uh, pay for play pay for play scenario that symptoms money that could otherwise be used for things like nutritional programs and facility okay yeah they're just worried if if they get it up that college uh, kids are being paid uh on because a new uh president comes in and changes to that mm-hmm. but i think it, I mean, I understand that if you get a scholarship to a college and everything, but they still have to do like odd jobs just to like get food and whatnot. Well, I'm not saying like thing. okay, go... so right, so so they were talking about compensating collegiate athletes, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. All right. Because didn't we talk about this like a couple of it's like last we year? We might have. But here's the thing: when you start messing with stuff like that. Oh, look, my face froze. There yeah, it did. There, hey. That's what happened the last time, I guess. Um, so when you start compensating athletes, you start messing with their amateur status. And that's huge for the NCAA. Well, there's no – okay, the only amateur – the only reason why you don't want to go to amateur uh, status – was back in the day it was this uh what, what was that runner uh in 1943 or no 1938 uh the indian guy from uh uh oklahoma jim thorpe yeah jim thorpe okay i just forgot his name <laughs> don't look at me hey, like that hey, like no, i should have known hey, shit i will give you props for even knowing Jim Thorpe was so yeah well he got his uh gold medals taken away because he played a semi-professional sport and the only reason why that was was because all these athletes in the Olympics were supposed to be amateurs not pros but they did away with that like a long time ago yeah so now pro players can play in the Olympic games so that was the only reason why to be amateur. So in college ball now or call it college teams now, they should actually pay the players. Like I'm not, I'm not, I, they should like max it out of, Hey, maybe treat it like a part-time job type till where they only making like 20 to $40,000 a year. And that and that that's it. That's all you can make. You can't you can't go like over that. Make it a staple for all the colleges and everything. And you only because they always give them like 
like their best players sometimes they uh depending on where they're going uh, like to the college and everything mm-hmm. uh they always give them like extra stuff like oh if you go to this college you'll you know your mom will get like a house or something like that because there's a lot of a lot of things they found out uh later on that uh, a couple of people that are playing college they still they got like uh extra benefits and everything like that playing for that team yeah but are we done or yeah um yeah i've just got a nut roll of a a week left and uh for work even though it's only two days but still um colin's got a Oh, speaking of... Yeah, I was about to say, it was like, we got to get Colin. But yeah, I, I, I've i always believed that because it's, it's so strange because an athlete, and this is not defending like athletes and everything like that, but it's one of those things that if you're burning that many calories and you're worried about food and everything like that, then you're worried about your studies. Then you're worried about your team. And if you're. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Colin's getting a joke together. Okay. But it's one of those things that's, I I feel for uh, like a college player that actually is doing everything right, but he's like really stressed out because he can't, you know, if you take away like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make money or anything like that because I got to go over this and I can't. Uh, it just alleviates a lot of the stress for, you know, if they actually want to achieve stuff. Yeah. Or she also had that thing to where if they're playing like football and they get a concussions and now they can't even freaking think for themselves. There's There's been occasions like that for a lot of uh, uh, college football players. Right, they get hit so hard, they're they're just changed person, and everything like that. See, a lot of these guys are there on scholarships anyway. Yeah. So you know, well, they only got like but, a part of it that it. I was like uh, food stuff too. So it's a very slippery slope when you start. It it is when, when you start talking about compensating collegiate athletes for playing a sport for your school you you it, it, shit that's very very tricky it it is and that's the reason why i said like you know a small small amount and it can't be like you can't get bonuses or anything like that you just has to be like this is what you're getting deal with it manage it i still have to look at uh what was we were talking about it last week or two weeks ago about uh uh what was it cleveland mm-hmm. the browns uh i still i i need to i need to find out more information about that about the i, I just it's one of those things is just, i just realized it's like shit we gotta follow up on that yeah right there's a lot of things we gotta follow up on and we gotta keep this, this is the reason why i hate doing like uh i try not to do like politics and or news news stuff if I do news, it's just okay. We're just going to go about this right now. We're going to change the subject next next week yeah. because it's 
it's just exhausting to have to keep up with all that stuff. But hopefully I'll be able to be more concerned because I've been I've been I, I I've been laxing not because of you doing your thing. It's just I've been laxing because I've just been you know put down because I haven't had like that flow of money. Yeah, well, which, now that's that's been remedied. Yeah. So. And then my last day on the job here is going to be. Last week of June. Mm. So I'm probably looking at. I'm going to have to help you set up your studio. Yeah. Well, I got to get it put together first. Yeah, you um, got to get it put together, but I, uh, I'm i going to try to get us uh, better mics. And Well, I think for now, this one will be just fine. Um, I just, I, I want to get a soundboard that I can program sounds into. <laughs> you know, so, okay, everybody. Um, here we go. Hey, what's up, guy? Hey, everybody. So, uh, this is your, uh, weekly installment with, of Joke Time with Colin. And now, your host, Colin. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There you, all right, now you, because I, I, I gave you some intro music. All right, so all right, go ahead. Two deers walk out of a gay bar. One says to the other, "Man, I can't believe I just blew forty bucks in there." <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh wow! Oh oh oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, oh my god! Oh, wow! Oh, wow! Oh, oh my god! Your mother's not in the room, is she? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god! That is my genetic code on display for the world to hear. People, you are welcome. Oh. My- <laughs> oh all right so in, in, in keeping with the spirit and theme of my sports show my son has a little league game tomorrow at six so wish him luck in the comments section and uh say good night colin good night all right i love you bud i'll talk to you later <laughs> bye colin <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those moments we gotta look at each other. We we have we, we gotta look at each other during when he's doing that and not laugh. It's like that was messed up, Colin. And hang it up. Oh, oh my god, that was fucking oh hilarious, man. That was that was, <laughs> that was that was a quick that was a quick jab and a good one. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think uh, on that note we need to go ahead and just call it a victory. Oh yep. my lord, oh mercy, everybody! I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickerman. Thank you for listening and watching Nerd Sports episode 50 fucking whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just don't even know right now. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. See you. Laters.